All right, this is going to be part two of episode four. Um, we got cut off. I didn't know that there was an hour cap on the episode. So we were about to, Colin and I were about to talk about Dylan Dennis. What's next for him? Colin, I'll let you take it away. What's, ne- what's next for Dylan Dennis? Yeah, so I uh, had that knee surgery. Um, pretty sure he had the surgery right when Corona hit. So I think he had it like late February, early March. Um, and I think he's going to get a few more of these quote-unquote theater fights from Coker over in Bellator. Um, I think he'll they'll probably they'll probably work him up to like 6 or 7 and 0. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how everything develops. I mean, if someone – if there's a name at, in Bellator at 170 or even at 155 – that um, you know makes makes an intriguing fight. Then I think that Coker should make that matchup because um, I think Dylan. I think right now he's a UFC caliber fighter just based off his ground game alone. Um, when you look at there have been guys similar to him with those similar credentials that have come over to the UFC. You'll see you'll see it right now with like uh, Adolfo Vieira who was undefeated uh, at 185, and uh, when you saw obviously with Damian Maya, yeah, these guys that have limited striking game. But Maya's, Maya's legit on the ground. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like Dylan and uh, Adolfo Vieira as well. Um, those guys, like, they came over the UFC with pretty limited striking, and they were great. I mean, obviously, both those guys. I mean, Vieira is still kind of in his prospect stages right now. Um, came off a big win at UFC, the Stylebender Romero card. And uh, obviously, Damian Maya, one of the greatest of all time. So I see... Like Dylan Dennis, he's young. I think they're going to keep developing a stand-up, keep giving him guys that are uh, mid-tier right now, and then I think he'll work his way up to Bellator, and then when the time's right, probably 10 or 11-0, and 0, then uh, Dana will sign him over to the UFC. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he will be signed uh, by the UFC. I don't even think he needs to be undefeated in Bellator to be signed by the UFC. Dana White loves talent. He also loves money and hype, and yeah. Dylan Dennis is 100% money and hype. And like we were, we were talking about this. We actually, this is a, uh, we we were talking for a little bit after the podcast cut off about um, Dylan Dennis, and he is so he's his jujitsu is is world class. It's it's the best around. Um, so I I do think that he'll be able to go seven and 8 and zero in Bellator. Um, he had two first round submission wins. Um, I forget the first guy. Second guy was Max Humphrey. Um, I think it was like Walker was the guy he yeah, Kyle Walker. Kyle yeah. Walker, right? So, dude, I I I agree. I think Dylan will be signed. Um, you know, you said his striking is an elite. I don't think he would say that. He he wants Ryan Garcia, and he wants him now um, in a legit <laughs> boxing match. I think that's <laughs> uh, yeah. He's he's crazy. Um, but yeah, I I want to see Dylan in 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 the U, in the UFC. Um, and what what weight would you would you put? What would he be at? One seventy? Is that the weight he'd probably be most comfortable at? So in Bellator, kind of has just kind of just has like an fu I think to Bellator and everyone. He calls it the Dylan Dennis weight. He's been fighting at one seventy five. He's just like that's sort of his arrogant way of saying I'm Dylan Dennis. I you know I can do whatever the hell I want. Right. Um. I think in the UFC, I think his ideal weight's one fifty five. I think he doesn't cut any weight like to fight at one seventy five. He literally cuts no weight, like none whatsoever. So I think. Uh, a cut to 155 is definitely doable for him. You know, solid weight cut. He has experience with the weight cutting game, obviously, living with Connor and Gunny and those guys at SPG yeah. over in Vegas, too. So um, I think he'll 
in the UFC, like when he starts to face legitimate talent, I think he'll make the cut to one fifty five, and and I think he'll be a great one fifty five fighter. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to join the most stacked division, but I'm sure he already thinks he's the best in it. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's the man. <laughs> um, and and you met him, right? I don't I don't know if yeah. they heard that, but you you met him at the at the cowboy. McGregor fight. I think that cut out. Um, yeah, I don't know if that was off air or not, but yeah. uh, at the weigh-in. So there, after the Conor Khabib fight, when a Habib jumped over the octagon and <laughs> like went after Dylan and all that, yeah, um, the Nevada State Athletic Commission fined Dylan Dan. It's like twelve thousand dollars for fighting, and he never paid the fine. And so he's not a licensed cornerman in the state of Nevada, so he <laughs> couldn't be at the he couldn't like be in the weigh-in. Um, he wasn't a cornerman, so like they were limiting like who was allowed like backstage and stuff like that. Um, and so he wasn't actually able to like go in at first, and so he was kind of just outside. Um, and I was just like outside the way and about to go in. I saw him, and I'm like, "Yo, dude, like, what's up?" And I met him. Yeah, um, he's the man. That was like right before he pulled out of that January 25th fight. He was like in crutches in a boot, and I was like, "That's not a good sign." And he was like, "Yeah, I, like uh, pulled out of the fight," and then like a day later, ended up pulling out. Um, he was talking to he saw Masvidal because I actually that was crazy. I met Masvidal the night after or that night I met Masvidal too, and Dylan was saying that during that weigh-in, Masvidal was like said that you uh, couldn't get near like if you get near exactly. him. Yeah, is that and true? Is that true? Because I've heard a lot of people say they don't even know if that's true. Is that true? Well, I didn't see Masvidal at the weigh-in when I was there. Uh, he could have like pulled up late or something, okay. but I didn't see him. I didn't see him at the weigh-in when I was there. I saw Dylan, and then I saw Dylan go in like right before it started. It doesn't sound like Masvidal at all. So yeah, I, I don't think that's a Masvidal. I don't think that's a Masvidal thing to do, especially when you hear the stories. I mean, did you hear about what happened uh, in the nightclub at MGM the night yeah, before? Yeah, with um, Dylan this saying that like noise. nobody knew who who Masvidal got mad because nobody knew who he was. Um, and oh, after yeah. after like, after he knocked out Askren, it's like after the biggest yeah. moment of his career, he's saying that Dylan Dylan was saying that that Masvidal got mad because he was still more famous than than Masvidal. I don't even know if I buy that. I I probably buy fifty percent of what comes out of Dylan Dennis's <laughs> mouth, but and and that might even be a little too high. But <laughs> yeah. he's making headlines. Everybody's listening to him, and. Mm-hmm. It's only no, helping – people don't realize it's only helping Dylan Dan- – true or false, Dylan Dennis's name is only getting bigger and bigger because of it. No such thing as bad publicity, man. I exactly. Mean, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's getting his name out there and he's attached to MMA and then that's just more people following MMA. So people love that. Like bad blood sells. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. You that, can throw as many punches and kicks as you want, but bad blood freaking sells. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's why I think the cost uh, – um, uh, Adesanya fight is is gonna do is gonna do ridiculous stuff. I mean, did you watch the promo erase the style bender? Have you seen that yet? No. I've, what's that? Is that? It's on. Like it's on. Costas? It's on. You should watch. It. It's on YouTube. It, it's kind of just a little like twelve minute clip. It's amazing. Um, Dude, I got. And that. and it's it's all about like how you know Costa comes goes to like every Romero uh, or every Adesanya fight and and right after the fight they're jawing at each other. It's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, dude. He calls him like a poor man's Ricky Martin. That's what he calls Costa. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's. I'm so excited for that. Um, if if fans are allowed to go, if hopefully we have Corona under control, I doubt there's going to be fans. I would go to it in a heartbeat. Oh hell yeah, dude! Um, are you kidding me? That's a yeah. Fight. So 
Um, talking about 185, let's uh, let's talk Darren Till coming off the the Robert Whitaker loss. Um, so this also was cut out because Colin and I ended up just talking, thinking we were still talking on the podcast. But you thought that you you thought Brunson was the, was the next fight for him, right? I thought Brunson made sense. I think Hermanson makes sense if he's willing to wait a little bit. I think. I don't, my gut feeling is that Jack's not going to want to wait, and so he's probably going to end up getting... I could see Hermanson Uriah Hall happening and then matching up Till with Brunson. I, but yes, like you were saying, I personally think that the best matchup for Darren Till coming off that loss is Derek Brunson. Brunson cut off a win against Shabazian, looked good. Uh, and for Darren, coming off that loss against Rob, get another win on your belt and then work your way back up in that top five. Yeah, uh, Get your feet settled and then go from there. You know, you know what? I think it's interesting. I think... I think Till beats Brunson, and I think he beats the Joker. Um, I think he's that. I think I, I think Till. People are quick to think after a loss that Till. They were quick to think after he lost to Woodley that he wasn't the guy, and they're quick to think that he isn't the guy. I, Till's an animal. You remember nobody after he lost to Woodley. The only guy who would fight him was nobody wanted to fight Till. Everybody who's a fighter knows Till is legit. Nobody wanted to fight him after. I think Masvidal was the only one who'd fight him. Yep. Dude, um, that was crazy. Imagine if he didn't take that fight. Took that fight at the O2 in London. Yeah. Against Darren Till. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. He went and knocked him out at the O2. Um, and, and you said this. You think Till could be a future champion, right? I do, yeah. I, yeah. I definitely think Darren Till could be a future champion. Uh, but 185 is stack city, man. Yeah. I mean, Dude, I, so, Bender and Paulo. I mean, those I'd are say, the two best guys in the world at 185 right now. I think middleweight. Dude, I... And, and I think Whitaker's right there. I don't think he's a great matchup for Stylebender, but I think I think if Costa wins, um, and who did Whitaker Whitaker's fighting? Um, uh, what's his name? Cannony. Yeah, Jared Cannonier. Uh, yeah, and I think if Kill he wins girl. that, he, I think he could. Well, actually, I bet Costa and Adesanya fight again, pretty much no matter what. But mm-hmm. um, I, I I think Whitaker could be champ again too. I think one eighty five has so many potential champions; it's crazy. Um, yeah. And a month ago, people were saying Edmund Sherbazian was going to break, you know, be in the top five pretty soon, you know? So that's a stacked – them. that and the lightweight is just crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. Um, but I, I, I want to talk about a guy that we just mentioned. What's next for – I think this is your second favorite fighter, and we'll get to your first your favorite right after this. What's next for Masvidal? I think Leon Edwards is next for Masvidal. Um he wants that immediate rematch with Kamaru uh, with a full camp. I definitely think he gets that rematch at one point. Uh, I think he beats Leon Edwards, but I think he needs to win. Edwards, I think like, he needs to win first, and then he gets Usman. Yeah, man. I mean, win sell, and also like it just makes sense that you get a title shot coming off a win. I mean, immediate rematch. I don't think was warranted in that case. It wasn't like it was a split decision. Yeah, or anything. Yeah, crazy it was. It was. A, it was. It was fifty forty five by every judge, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. but dude, that's off six days' notice. You know what I mean? I cut twenty two pounds in six days. Masvidal, the first round was actually really close. I thought, um, mm-hmm. and Masvidal, I think knew if I can't knock him out in the first. Masvidal's smarter than everybody thinks. Everybody thinks he's just this street fighter. He is a smart guy, and he knew the minute that he got into the octagon, he knew that he had to knock Kamaru Usman out in the first round. And yep. he was put. He was really aggressive. I don't think he fully gassed until late sec, maybe the third, but. Mm-hmm. Jorge's a smart guy. Um, yeah, I, I think 
I think Leon Edwards, the winner of Edwards Masvidal, definitely gets a title shot. Absolutely. And the only other guy that could be in play there is on September 19th, if Colby Covington beats Tyron Woodley, which I absolutely think he does. I hate Covington. Oh my god. Dude, I think he could be I think he could be in the driver's seat for a title shot. Yeah, but there's I don't know if the UFC would do Colby against the winner of Edwards Masvidal. I think that'd be a great fight. Um well, but I think that but he's they, Masvidal and, and Colby hate each other. Masvidal Colby well, they could can't stand so roommates at American Top Team. That that fight sells. That fight sells. Everybody would watch that fight. Yeah, no, dude, that's a great fight. Uh, there's just, so many fights that sell. There. There's so many fights that sell at 170. It's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, dude. I, no, I think I think you could see depending on what the layoff is or like how much time it takes for that Kamaru Gilbert fight. Like let's say let's say they make that fight for January. I think you could see with Colby fighting in September in Masvidal Edwards. I think maybe they booked that for like late October, November, or something. Yeah. I think you you could see a scenario where you have Colby beating Tyron, and then Colby fighting the winner of Masvidal Edwards as the number one contender fight. I think that would make sense. But yeah. the question is, would all those guys would all those guys be willing to take those risks and take those fights? Yeah. That's the question. But that's not I mean, Colby, I matchmaker at 170. Apparently, Colby has been offered. Um, also, Jorge said he wants to fight um, Wonderboy and he wants to fight Diaz. Those were two guys that he said that he wants to fight again. I think he said he wanted to get the, the belt and then fight those two. But he did mm-hmm. say he wants to fight those two. Um, and a yeah. lot of people just forget about Steven Thompson. Uh, he's legit. Um, yeah, man. So, yeah, I think, dude, there are just so many fights that sell at 170 that it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's interesting to see. Dana has the best problem in the world, which is there are so many fights that people want to see at 170 that he doesn't really know what to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. Good uh, problem to have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's, let's get to the main – the guy who, in my opinion, I cannot believe this guy has not been booked yet. He's – healthy he's fake retired he's not throwing chairs at buses he's he's not you know there's no warrant out for his arrest nobody needs to post bail he's he's doing everything right how is how do we not have mcgregor how is mcgregor not fighting tony ferguson dustin again how how have they not said he's i i thought he was going to get a title shot after he fought um uh, what what's his name? I thought they said that Johnny. he was get out of after Cerrone. Didn't they say he was going to get a title shot? That's what Dana said. Yeah, he said that makes sense. But I'll tell you what the X factor here is. What's that? COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen is the X factor here because Dana wants that live gate for that for the for these Connor fights. He wants a, a live crowd there because the gates that these Connor fights do are crazy. Yeah, I mean they'll do twelve, thirteen million in a gate. Well, yeah, which is like three or four x what most of these UFC fights are Con- doing. Connor, Joe Rogan said this um, when. During the well, you didn't hear it because you were at the fight. Um, but when he was walking out against um, Cerrone, maybe the the coolest walkout I've ever seen in my entire life. I imagine being so there was, was ridiculous. Literally, uh, the, the, one of the craziest moments of my life. Yeah, he said that Conor McGregor. This just shows how well Conor can sell a fight. Conor McGregor has the second biggest boxing pay per view ever. The guy. It was his first fight, boxing fight. The guy yeah, never competed. <laughs> it's a joke. So, 
Okay, when when we get the live gate, what's what's next for McGregor? Is it Ferguson, and then is it a, is it an immediate title shot after that? Because I think he starches Tony Ferguson. I agree. I think when Khabib fights Gaethje in September, right? October. October, October. is that what it is? Yeah. I, I think when that fight happens, uh, if Khabib wins that fight, which I think he does, but that's so do I. a very tough fight. I, I, think, think, I think it's a very tough fight for Khabib, yeah. but I think that Khabib's going to do uh, what Khabib does to people, to Justin Gaethje. Take him to the that's ground, tie yeah. the legs together, Yeah. either ground and pound or submit. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to put your money on Gaethje, put your money on a first-round knockout. I mean, just like a lot of these guys. I mean, Gaethje is very underrated ground game. No, I mean, dude, he was an All-American wrestler at, I think it was, it was a Division One school where he was an All-American wrestler. He was outstanding. Um, he just doesn't use his wrestling. I'm, he's never shot a takedown in his UFC career. Um, and he hasn't needed to. I mean, he's fighting smarter now. Uh, when you go back and look at, it was at University of Northern Colorado. He was an uh, All-American wrestler there. And, yeah. I mean, he hasn't used his wrestling, but he hasn't needed to. Uh, because So he got finished. His only two career losses. Poirier, right? Um, yeah, it was Al- Eddie Alvarez. He got need, And then Dustin Poirier. And both those fights. He was winning he both out. of them. He was winning both of them and gassed out. And then from that point on, he just looked like a different animal, dude. I mean, the James Vick knockout was absolutely filthy. The Barboza knockout in Philly uh, back in March of 2019 was... Barboza's legit, too. Yeah, dude. Yeah, oh, Edson at 145. Yeah, I mean, he's probably like a middle-of-the-pack gatekeeper now at 145. But, dude, when he was at 155, when he fought Gaethje, like, that right. was a dangerous fight. Right. Like, I think Gaethje was a dog in that fight. And yeah. he knocked him out with one punch. So he's talking about this whole chaos zone. Have you heard about this? No. Where he's like, I'm going to put a box, like, three feet in front of me where Khabib would shoot. And this is, a t- this is a literally a chaos zone. And my only goal in this zone is to create as much carnage in car crashes as possible. That's literally <laughs> what he said in this quote. Knees, elbows, punches, whatever it is. Just create as much chaos as possible in this carnage zone. And so that's obviously terrifying to hear. I don't so I, that, I don't I care about this. Insanity. I think no matter this chaos zone, I think that Khabib does exactly what he said he's going to do. I think he's going to take him to a deep ocean and drown him. I, I really yeah, do. I agree. I think Khabib yeah. is... is is too good. I think the only person that can beat Habib at, uh, in the lightweight division, which is the most stacked division in um, in the UFC, is, is Conor McGregor. Yeah, man. I mean, he's Conor's only got to have a round one against him. That round three. Three. Round three. Yeah. I had yeah, it. Conor's well. foot. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, in a shady camp. So let's see it in a full camp. Let's see the rematch. I think they'll book it. I don't think Conor needs to fight it. I don't think Conor needs to fight again for them to book the rematch. Would it be ideal if he got one more win? Yes. Um, but I don't think he needs another win. I think if you book this fight for... He's Conor McGregor. Florida, he doesn't... Fight. He can, exactly. He should yeah. be able to get... The guy's the biggest name in the UFC still. It doesn't matter that he's retired. No, he's it doesn't the biggest matter name that, in the history of yeah, it combat sports. Exactly. It doesn't matter that he's retired. It doesn't matter that he's not a champ right now. If Conor McGregor yeah. wants it, Dana White should book him against any person that, that Conor wants. Honestly. Yeah. No, I agree. He, and, I, and I think they'll book it. I think they'll book it for April or May. Like post corona, and I think it's the biggest, one of the biggest sporting events in history. Yeah, definitely the biggest combat sport keep, event in history. Keep your biggest money maker it. happy. That, I mean, that's exactly. that's yeah. yeah, it's simple. Um, yeah. All right, Colin, absolutely loved having you on the podcast. We're definitely going to get fun, you man. on more, um, yeah, and potentially a regular thing. I'd I'd love to make this a regular thing. You you and I doing this podcast together. Oh yeah, brother, let's do it. A lot of fun. 
Uh, so pumped for the fights this weekend. Uh, <laughs> listeners, thank you very much for listening. Keep listening to Sid. Yeah. Um, we got to get ready for the, the press conference is about to come out. We got to watch it. Yeah, man. Press conference is coming out. Can't wait. 8 Eastern. Recording this on a Thursday. Yeah. So, uh, fun episode, man. Love talking to you, man. Can't beat it. Thank you.